two of this episode of Farscast. Farzy Wasugin here with you. It is April. Well, when, when, when we're recording this, it's, it's still March. But by the time you guys are all listening to this, it is April. It is April. Welcome in. I'm Farzy Wasugin. This is Farscast. You guys know the drill. Facebook.com slash Farzy Wasugin at Farzy21 on Twitter. And we are basically anywhere where you can listen to a podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher. Podbean, all those great places. So share the link, spread the word about this podcast to your friends. Zach Steginga is here with me on this episode. Anytime Zach and I are doing a podcast, it's always gonna be a it's always gonna be a good time here. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, just living the dream. Glad to be back doing this again. It's always a good time, like you said. <laughs> we have not talked in a while. Now, I, there was a rumor out there. So, you know, we haven't had a chance to discuss this on this podcast. So I need to mm-hmm. uh, address this rumor that's been flying around. Because, <laughs> right. you know, you can never believe what you read on the Internet these days. But sure. is it true that you are a, a proud member of the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board? I'm actually not in that case. Nope. No, I'm innocent on that one. No. See, that seems like the kind of thing a member of the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board would say. If I had time to do it, don't be wrong, I would say shit like that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I would totally deny it, but I genuinely don't have time for that stuff. So, nope. Pass. Oh, man. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, I feel like, you know, am I as qualified? I mean, hard to say. <laughs> Look, I, I know I've been making jokes about that. A lot of people have over the last month. And listen, I tried to get Marty on this podcast because he was he's the guy who leads all that shit. And there are a couple other people in there that I don't know of and don't really care to know of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got really weird. Like he put this big article out there and I tried to get him on the podcast to explain things, but he deleted the article. And then he I, I mean, I'll I'm not going to what it's worth. It was a good read, whether it's true or not. Is yeah, very yeah. Up for discussion. It was, it was it a very like. interesting read. It made for some very interesting um discussion in town for sure oh, i yeah. listen to i listen to ryan petro's uh commentary on it dude he took a big pile of shit on that article i mean he, he let's just say he buried well, that article six feet under yeah well and to be fair in that case you know i mean that guy is as connected as anybody oh for sure like find me you know a more you know, just venerable institution in kansas city sports I mean, like, I guess, I don't know, maybe like Frank Bowl or some shit. Yeah, someone who's been at it for literally ever. Yeah. But, I mean, Sorens as good as it gets. So I tend to trust him when he says things. No, I, I, I tried to get Marty on, but he, he says he wanted to lay low. And I guess he put out a tweet months ago saying Eric Bieniemy will be back. So he did this whole thing where he was in the middle and whichever was going to happen, either EB returned or not, he was going to say, well, I tweeted this. Oh, no, we wrote this article. So I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a shitty thing to do to like say two different things. And then it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like all these like magical insiders, you know who I'm talking about, like all these people oh, yeah. who claim they have inside information and are never right. But we don't need to talk about those people yeah. anymore. And, and, but we already gave them enough uh, attention that then they really deserve. I do want to ask you, uh, you were in Vegas recently. For I the do first think time. it's really funny. Just oh. as a side note, just like if you look on their medium, the, the thing that set the oh, it says, Chiefs Kingdom editorial board. And they have the little tagline underneath, and it says, maybe next time, do a little research. And I'm just like, man, it's on the nose, isn't it? Well, they, they went into <laughs> self-defense mode quickly, like they're talking about their credentials and talking about how Mahomes yeah. did not throw the game. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. 
you 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 yeah, saw the them all. entertain the notion that people are throwing games it's like all right just oh pump the brakes i mean look I, I know there is the whole claim about miami's owner but like what incentive does a player have to throw a game like they have worked their ass off their entire yeah. life to get to this moment like you really think when you're up, what was it, 18 points, you're now going to suddenly throw games? Like, what incentive do you have yeah. in doing that? Like, this isn't 1918 or 19, whenever it was the Black Sox. I think it was 1919. You know, it's not 1919 where they're getting like 500 bucks a game or something, or I guess probably less in those times. But yeah, it's not Black Sox sort of stuff where the guys are super underpaid, working a bunch of jobs in the offseason. You know, that's different. You know, in this case, yeah, especially if someone was going to be throwing a game for for the money ostensibly i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's probably not the guy with the single largest dollar value contract in nfl history just throwing that out but i digress i mean listen i showed some clips online and people still try to debunk it mahomes missed open receivers all year long like it it wasn't like a brand new thing that just suddenly happened in the afc championship game but i don't know yeah yeah like i think that if you think about it, it's a basic numbers game, right? You know, he's got, you know, four, you know, maybe five sometimes receivers running out there, right? Against an eight-man deep sort of situation. You know, that's, yeah, we saw how that worked routinely this year. And that's just a tall order for anybody. That's a basic numbers game. You know, oh, good. You know, eight on five. That's going to logically track. You yeah. know, you definitely have a chance if you're the five. I mean, don't get me wrong. The fact that they did as well as they did says something. But at the same time, it's amazing to me that we just didn't run the goddamn football. Which, who knows? We'll see how that changes Look, as we go. Everyone, like, I, I did all these post-game live streams, and I, I, I'll talk to my followers after games and all, and everyone brings that up. It's like, look, it's not an invalid complaint. It's just not Andy Reid's MO. Look at Andy Reid's track history. Oh, totally. He's had Brian Westbrook. He's had LaShawn McCoy twice. In Philadelphia and in Kansas City, he has, he's had Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt. And even though those guys had their best numbers with Andy Reid, um, it's just he doesn't run the ball. Even though Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing a few years ago with Andy Reid as a rookie, it's just they're still not a run-first team. And it looked fine. I get it. You, you have all these big pass catchers. You got this great passing game. But it's like you also got to know your place in certain situations. And I don't know. I, I like Jarek McKinnon. I don't think he's signed with anyone. I really hope he comes back, but I don't know. That doesn't seem likely at, at, at the moment right now, but yeah, to I, see on that. I, I don't know. Why are you not running the ball? It, it, it's a great question, but. Well, and like know. the biggest thing about it, the, you know, and I think we, we might've talked about this on you know prior podcasts, but you know, if I look at the chief's offense and the way that I'd want to, you know, tweak it in some capacity just to make it you know, damn near unstoppable. If it's not already kind of that way. Um, you, know, you get a big bruising back, like a Derrick Henry type. Um, you know, emphasis on Derrick Henry type, not Derrick Henry himself. We can't get too greedy over here. Um, but you know, you compare someone like that with you know Big Creed and uh, you know Trey Smith there that are just some yeah. mean dudes in the run blocking game, and Orlando Brown for that matter too. Uh, yeah, you throw all those guys in there and just try to cram it down their throat when they're too busy worried about Mahomes going over the top, like. You can't tell me that's not a powerful combination because that run game alone makes Ryan Tannehill look like a Pro Bowl caliber passer. Can you imagine what Mahomes would do with that sort of play action stuff? Oh, Come on, for now. sure. Yeah, but I digress. That's just one of those things that, like, yeah, 
makes me scratch my head. But it'll be interesting to watch that evolution, you know, given that we are now cheetahless. You were in uh you were in Vegas for the first time recently. You were uh, you had a bachelor you know, your friend of yours had a bachelor party. Okay. What do you think? I mean, you know me, I, I've been there many times. Yeah. I love the city. What did you think as a first timer? I absolutely enjoyed it. I would say that Fremont Street was an interesting experience. Um, <laughs> I, I told you about that place. You, you you did give me the heads up on that. And I definitely like, you know, I mean, again, you know, having spent time out in New York, you know, I'm like, all right, nothing's going to surprise did me. Did you go at night or during the day? No, we went during the day. We didn't okay, you know, stick around over there at night. Like we, we were thinking about just like making a day of it over there. And by about like two or three in the afternoon, we're like, all right, this sucks. We're leaving. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's it was fun seeing all the old casinos, but like let's be honest, all the old casinos are exactly the same. It is exactly what you expect from any sort of bad movie where you know you picture a late, you know, a really old lady who's you know on oxygen or something and you know is pulling out the oxygen tube to take a drag out of cigarette because she's been doing this for years. It's that sort of thing. Yep. That's what I associated with Fremont. Though the Circo was fucking awesome. That the was a really awesome. cool sports book. Yes. Yeah. We that... wanted to go see like the giant pool one too, but they wanted a lot more money than we wanted to spend to go see that. How so much we did, were they to. asking you? Uh it was like 125 bucks a head or something. Like oh that. fuck, dude. When I was yeah. there, it was 85. <laughs> yeah, that no, was dumb. I mean, it was the first weekend of the tournament, to be fair. So, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. I forgot about Though that. Though we actually did have so the buddy of mine whose bachelor party it was is one of the single luckiest humans I know. He's just one of those people that people seem to like. Um and just has a funny way of having life work out. So we, uh, you know, we landed on Wednesday night right before, obviously Thursday being the tip off for the first round of the tournament. And, you know, we all, you know, were there on Wednesday and, you know, we had a little bit of time to kill, but we were waiting on some other friends to, you know, land and get in. We were going to go catch up with them afterwards, but he's like, you know, I've never been to the Mirage. I want to go. And I've never been to any of these places. So I'm like, sure. Why not? Let's go. Uh, we go over there and we go over to the sports book in the Mirage and we're just sitting there, you know, laughing at the fact that in most sports books, you, know, you have the pretty big setup as far as like, you know, all the you know, really nice leather chairs, the whole setup where you've got the waitresses coming through and stuff. Yeah. And we were just kind of sitting there scratching our heads like, man, I wonder what those run just to, you know, kind of a fascination of the business side of it. But there was a guy who, you know, came up to us afterwards because uh you know he heard us you know overheard us talking about it because we were standing in line ready to place a couple of bets for the following day yeah um, and yeah this guy overhears us he's like hey so heard you talking about that and i have this little conundrum here where they want these seats filled but i have seats over in the circa for tomorrow so do you Whoa. guys want these seats we're talking like two thousand bucks a pop for six seats um and this dude just straight gave them to us so we watched the first round uh the first day's worth of games in the mirage that is awesome it was quite an experience man like the you know just how wild people got for like the littlest things you know i it was there that i became familiar with the concept of the first 15 bet um so you know oh yeah there's a prop bet for whoever scores the first 15 points which team and man, the minute you're looking at a 12, 13 sort of scoreboard in any of these games, it doesn't matter if it's a good game or a shitty game. People are going nuts. And then, of course, this being one of the wildest first rounds in recent memory, it was a great time. Oh, yeah. Highly, highly recommend taking it in the sports book. And if you can you know, have absurd luck the way my friend does and manage to get some of those seats on somebody else's dime, even better.
Where did you guys stay? We stayed at the link. The link. How was that? Did you like it? It was fine. It was where we slept. So that was, you know, all we needed. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I hardly ever. So, I mean, we stayed at the Venetian, which is like I one of the top. Venetian. Yeah, it's a great place. But it's like I hardly ever spend time in my room when I'm in Vegas. To be um, fair, I did not enjoy gambling at the Venetian. Oh, why is that? Just like So that was the only place where they still had like, you know, the dealers behind screens and stuff. Um, you know, they still had the dealers like all masked up and behind like that little plastic screen. Oh, so, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know where you're you know me. I'm the sort of person who enjoys a little bit of banter, even if you're taking <laughs> my money. Like, it's, let's at least have some fun with this shit. Um, you know, and yeah, the fact I, I, it was mostly, I think, the fact that they just couldn't hear us because of the massive shield there and stuff. But yeah, uh, it did make for a slightly less entertaining experience as they were taking my money. Wait, hold on. I, I, that just reminds me. Uh, was there a mask mandate in place when you were there? Uh, for the airplane and stuff, yes. As for like well, casinos yeah. and everything like that, and like I would have a mask in my back pocket because if we wanted to Uber somewhere, the Ubers were pretty anal about that. But every place else didn't care. Okay, like, the casinos did not care. See, it, it, this pandemic's been weird. Uh, I mean, we don't need to get into it, but I was there last July, dude. You walk around the place. Maybe one in like 100 people had a mask and I'm excluding employees mm-hmm. because they're required, which I, right. I, I have my opinions about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, it's like the pandemic did not exist last July on the 4th of July. And then I guess not Omicron, but a different variant was going around. Delta came in strong Indiana. afterwards. Yeah. Yes, it was Delta. You're right. And I heard shortly after when I left vegas uh that weekend fourth of july weekend that's when they went back to mask mandates and i was there for new year's eve and they had it it's a it's weird because if you go to a raiders game or a vegas golden knights game you don't have to have it now if i'm not mistaken i believe you do have to show proof of vaccination to get into those events I could see um that. but yeah i mean, I, mean it, I had my vax card in my wallet because i just do now yeah um, you know, that's have- just a thing and yeah i did not pull it out once i mean i moved it once because i was like well all right i have to dig back in to find money to buy in again but you know hey that's how it goes was there like a place you went to in vegas you were like okay i wasted a bunch of time just coming here Fremont street very much (laughs) (laughs) like you know going to it was just like all right it's fine you know this was like five or six years ago um i wanted to like pull out a phone like sneak in and get a picture but it was just a shitty move i didn't do it but there was a guy i mean look you know what it looks like okay i mean there totally. let's you mentioned it perfectly it's kind of like you know new york in a, in a way oh, so i've never you, been in new york you but throw if you the watch... Times square like cd factor along with every caricature of you know a casino that you've ever seen in any old movie um that's fremont street with the exception of the Circa, that is the new shiny object on the street. But all the old classics, we did go, uh, the one thing that I did enjoy about Fremont Street, we did go down to like, I think it was like the El Cortez or something, whatever's like the oldest one in town, where they still actually have a slot machine that shoots out coins. You have to exchange your dollars for silver dollars, which that's a thing I hadn't seen anywhere (laughs) in a very long time. I didn't even know that. Since I was a little kid. Uh, Yeah, that was the thing that was actually kind of entertaining. Both in that particular institution they you know had that one slot machine that fed off of silver dollars that let's be honest i put five dollars in i won one time and i dropped it dropped two dollars out it made the cool sound that was it that, that was good enough 
I uh, I came across a guy at Fremont. He had a mm-hmm. sign. Uh, he was a homeless guy. It said, "Mama sure. told me this day would come." I was like, "Wow, that's See, that's one- funny, but uh, it's also not kind of thing." Yeah. My lingering memory of that, as far as like the street performers, was there was uh, you know a lady dressed in just a nun habit. You know, she and she's probably you know our age, maybe a little bit younger. Um, yeah, dressed in a nun's habit and very little else. But you could just see just like the dying hope in the lady's eyes, and I'm like, well, this is just sad. Yeah. You know, I'm not enjoying this any more than she is. <laughs> like, you know, this is silly. Like, why, why, why is this a thing we do? But I digress. Was there like anything that you wanted to do, or you wanted to go somewhere that you did not get a chance to go? Because here's so, the thing with Vegas: never like, made it to the Strat. Yeah, see, I here's to the go thing: to the top of the Strat. I've been there so many times and there are still a lot of things that I'd love to do that I haven't done before. It, it's, it's boundless. There are so many things to do, but the Strat is an awesome, an awesome place. I will say yeah. we didn't get any further North than like the wind. Um, so, you know, we wanted to, okay. I wanted to see the Strat uh, didn't end up getting there. Um, as far as stuff I wanted to do, I would have loved to see one of the Cirque du Soleil shows, whether the Beatles or the Michael Jackson one, both of those seemed pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is that, you know, we balked at the ticket prices for that and proceeded to burn way more on the blackjack tables. So it's, yeah, math. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a pricey play. Like getting a water bottle over there is like 10 bucks. It's, it's insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the same token, like, yeah, I laugh because like the places they say like, yo, you're not supposed to go to gamble. Like, yeah, I, the places that I walked out, walked out of with money in hand, like that I had taken their money and was happy about it. Uh, had that happen at the Bellagio briefly. I mean, to be fair, that was a one shot wonder there. We went to go and just like wander around and this was our last day. And basically the buddy of mine who uh, yeah, was in charge of planning all of this, we you know, had a, some of us stayed through uh, you know Sunday night into Monday when we would then fly out and some didn't. So we you know sprung for that extra night of rooms and uh, you know, he took care of that. He's like, yeah, you can pay me back one of two ways. You can either Venmo me or we're putting it on red. Um, we ended up putting it on black because the numbers looked better there. And we won that you know nice little roulette bet. So we walked out with some of their money uh, at the Bellagio. But then Caesars actually did me just fine. I walked out with a decent bit of their money, which I would then use to light on fire systematically through the rest of the weekend. You gambled at a lot of different casinos, man. Damn. Yeah, just a few of them. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess we did quite a few different ones. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you've seen Ocean's it, yeah. Eleven, right? Yeah. What I, I'm actually trying to look this up and I cannot that big find old it. like glass sculpture there in the atrium. Well, no, I was gonna say what hotel were they at? Bellagio. In the end? Oh, the Bellagio. Oh, well, I, I, I don't remember on that front. There's I want to say Caesar's Palace or MGM Grand, but I'm drawing a blank on that. Like it's one of my favorite movies, and I cannot remember for the life of me where they were. Like that's that's embarrassing. That tells you that tells you my memory memory about the yeah. movie. But anyway, I did think that. Yeah, the Bellagio fountains, of course, were certainly entertaining. Didn't oh that. yeah, they're awesome. Way cooler by night. Um, the yeah. other thing that you know, I know it's also like the most. Them. That's like the most popular place for people to like for men to like go and propose to their girlfriends. It's like, come on, really? come up with something original. Oh yeah, I just saw like you know, I guess the night we were we we stopped to watch that because we were on our way over to the Cosmo. Um, that's a great place. Yeah, the secret pizza that is distinctly not secret. To be clear, that line was very long, uh, but it was delicious. Whole, <laughs> you thought it was delicious? It was fine. Like, yo, know, dude, I fucking New York eat pizza. So Dave I like Portnoy it. gave that like a terrible rating. Oh well, that's. I thought it was fine, but I was also, <laughs> mind you, this was after a day of 
you know, watching games in the Mirage and having oh, all enough. of those comp beverages, I was pretty happy oh, for okay. a tasty slice of pizza. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, okay. I can understand <laughs> um, like, where you're coming yeah. from. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know that I'd uh, make the same eval, you know, after or without you know, having that, you know, sort of a you know, pregame, if you will. Uh, but I'll tell you, it was an okay way to end the day after, you know, lots and lots of free beverages. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's so weird because, I mean, you know me, I've been going there frequently for a while since 02, I think. It is insane how much that place has changed over the years. I know Cosmopolitan and... What's the one next to it? Vidara, or I don't know how you say it. Aria. Aria? Yeah, that yeah. area did not exist. I think they started those Cosmo in like the late cool. 2000s or early 2010s. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just crazy how much that place has changed over the years. Um, well, it sounds like it's continuing. Like, yeah, they're oh, going yeah. to the Rio down and build a baseball stadium trying to poach a, a major league franchise is a rumor I heard. Oh, yeah. You and I we were talking about that a little bit before we started yeah. recording. Yeah. So like, um, that could be interesting. Well, you know what's interesting? They didn't do this, but you know how there's like the Venetian and the Palazzo? Yeah. And then there's the Wind and the Encore, and then they have, uh, what else do they have? Wind and the Encore are basically the same hotel. Yeah, yeah, they're the same thing. um, They look exactly the same, too. uh, Delano and Mandalay Bay. Like, like there are a lot of like Twin Tower type of Mm -hmm. uh, hotels there. It's weird. They want to try to like mimic the other. Here's the reason for that. It's like at one point, MGM Grand was the biggest hotel in the world. Mm-hmm. And then when the Venetian built the uh, the Palazzo, they were the biggest hotel in the world. It's like, I mean, it, it's owned by the same people, obviously. It's right. Like they're right next to each other. So they're like always competing with one another. It, it, it's listen, I love the city. The owners are rich, greedy assholes and good for them for doing that, because I would definitely be counting my money if I was those guys, uh, which would be a lot of money. But it's a great city, man. It's a great time. Funny thing is, is some of those guys actually just had to sell too. Like this Las Vegas Sands Corp or whatever, the ones that did on the Venetian and the Palazzo, they actually like just closed on a sale of that um, to some other private equity firm or something. Yeah. So yeah, and supposedly Caesars is actually headed for like a little bit of a restructure too because I've heard that kicked them in the nuts. Um, Are you uh, are you planning a return? Oh, I'll go back for sure. I don't know when, but uh, yeah, I'd like to. Uh, yeah there's now you know, lots now of things i'd like to do now you know why i love that city so much i do absolutely yeah, i mean I, I vastly preferred the strip to fremont fremont was fine yeah, yeah. listen fremont, fremont it's was like, exactly as advertised as i guess what i would say the only time i'll ever go back maybe once in a while is to visit circa like that is a really cool place and the they circus. just built that they opened it a little over a year ago too during the pandemic um so that's the only in my opinion the only listen it's a cheaper place outside of the strip i get that so you know whatever budget you have out for those listening uh you guys can decide on that but we love that i mean i love that city so much we discussed it for 20 goddamn minutes i gotta say though the one thing that you know so the first night that i actually flew in a night earlier than everybody else because i mean when you're flying in and you don't plan ahead far enough ahead for flying in for the week of march madness uh, the ticket prices for flights can get pretty stupid pretty fast. So it was actually cheaper for me to fly out Tuesday night, stay an extra night in the hotel than it would have been to just fly in Wednesday like the rest of them. Because uh, Southwest was that oh, goddamn yeah. expensive by the time I booked. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up staying in a hotel like just outside, like just off the strip, uh, but right across from Allegiant Stadium, which I got to say, way cooler up close. And that night all lit up like that. 
It is a stadium befitting the city that it's a part of. I'm actually I well. That was pretty rad. We'll move on because there are a lot of things I want to get into. Yeah. My family and I, we just got tickets to go see the weekend at nice. Allegiant Stadium, and we've got really great seats. We're actually at the 50 yard line. Well, I mean, it's it's obviously not the 50 yard right. line because they're closing off some seats for because stadium's too damn big. Sure, but um, yeah, if it was a football game, it'd be right at the 50 yard line. I'm excited to see um see the inside of that stadium. I heard uh, I've heard a lot of things about it. It's a I, listen. Well, I guess this would be a great segue because. There's the report, and I don't want to shit on this reporter. I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? Which one? The the guy who put out the word, the report that uh, Mark Donovan. His name's not important. Oh, my yeah, whole point matter. is, my whole point is, he's not a. I don't think he's a Kansas City guy. So the fact that he got the scoop before That's everyone else was interested to me. Yeah. Um, but he uh put out the report that the Chiefs are exploring options in kansas yes of course they are. and everybody lost their minds over this let me just say two things right now number one the chiefs and listen i'll say this for the royals as well they are not leaving that area and i'll tell you why first of all they just spent a lot of money renovating the stadiums what 12 years ago I know by the time their leases end in uh, 2030, it's not going to be new, but it's also not going to be old either. And I'll say right now, having worked for the Royals, I know they always constantly do things to make upgrades in the stadium and the Chiefs. And listen, this is chump change at the end of the day for the Chiefs, but still it's significant at the end of the day. They just revamped and upgraded the locker room there. So... I think they have invested so much, plus that uh, football complex where the offices and the practice facilities are for mm-hmm. the Chiefs. They've invested so much in that. I don't. I can't see them ever leaving that area. Um, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. I think no. that the Royals doing the downtown baseball stadium might have some legs. Okay, let me ask you this, because someone tweeted me a link uh, about what the Kansas City Star published. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know when this was. But they put like they I guess they had like a bird's eye view of downtown and they showed like certain areas of where they mm-hmm. could have a potential stadium. I'm like, no, like it would be a disaster traffic wise going in and out of the stadium. I just don't like where where, where would they do it? I think it's a disaster that they are going to bite on because if the rumor that I've heard and again, this is all just kind of, you know, hearsay, uh, but what, what I've heard on that is that you, it is a lucrative enough enterprise for the owners to you know, kind of do like, it's a playbook actually kind of developed or maybe perfected is a better word uh, by the Ricketts family that owns the Cubs. Um, they basically are looking at that Wrigleyville area as a real estate play that they are able to extract from the city and be able to make not only the money from owning the team as if that's not a profitable enough enterprise because it definitely is uh but they are also looking to make some money on the real estate piece as well and the rumor is that that's the idea behind a downtown baseball stadium in kansas city uh, yeah i think that the downtown baseball stadium makes a little more sense than you know moving i mean they're not going to move arrowhead to kansas let's let's get this out of the way now no. That is entirely a posturing thing to make sure, because let's be honest, the state of Missouri has already lost one football team. They're going to be, yeah, 
they'll be foaming at the mouth to lose another one just across state line to Kansas. It's not going to happen. No, uh, it's not. Like it's a, it's a cute idea. It is the sort of thing that is deliberately leaked. I'm fairly confident uh, because it's the sort of story that, you know, they want to have out because they want that public pressure on, you know, Jackson County and Missouri to keep the chiefs where they are. Listen, I, I, I live in Kansas and so do you. Mm-hmm. The Legends area, I love that place. It's a great place. It's a fun place to go to. That's the only, and I don't even think it's a great place for the Chiefs to go to, but if they had to go to Kansas, that's the only good place to go to. Like, where, what the Chiefs, and I'll even include, include the Royals in this, what those two teams have with that massive parking lot, that's a, that's a benefit. I mean, that's something they should use yeah. to their advantage. You're not going to find that kind of, open land anywhere else here on the tailgate culture that you know has yeah become such a especially for the chiefs like not that it's not prevalent for the royals but it's not the same like you know royals people don't tailgate for baseball no i mean you know not the same way they do for the chiefs no uh i mean don't get me wrong like you know you go out and have a couple of beers before the game but uh it's it's not the same yeah same approach that you get with uh you know, with the with the Chiefs, for example, just because, like, again, it's a Sunday, you know, you make a whole day of it, uh, and it's football instead of baseball. Like, there's one yeah. of those. One of these is much more closely tied with tailgating. I would say the Royals fan base is probably the best tailgating fan base in all of baseball, but that's because it's Kansas City. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's got less to do with the whole notion of baseball being good for tailgating, and has everything to do with the fact that now we're Kansas Cityans and we like to freaking tailgate. <laughs> But yeah, I, the way I figure, I could see the angle on the baseball stadium moving. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. No, zero chance. Um, I say zero chance for both. I, I I just think the Royals are so invested in what they've created in that spot. Let me say one other thing too. Like it's. Let me just say, I'll reiterate. You just said it. It's not happening. They're not leaving. They're certainly not leaving Missouri. But for the sake of like what I'm seeing on the internet the last 24 to 48 hours, I kind of want them to move to Kansas because all these people Watch the claiming, world burn for a minute. <laughs> all these people claiming, oh, I will not support the Chiefs if they leave and move to Kansas. Like, shut the fuck up. You're okay. not like hold on. Let me just say something. Remember all those people like in 2020. And uh, 2016, if their preferred presidential candidate did not win, they were going to leave America. Did people Mm -hmm. actually do that? No. Remember when people said that they were going to boycott the NFL because of anthem protests? Did people actually do that? No. You still saw the same people who said they weren't going to stop. Actually, they were still commentating on. I actually know people personally. Yeah, they couldn't quit who were bashing the NFL for protests and said they're no longer supporting the NFL. But right when the Chiefs started to play very well, which was around that time, that's when Patrick Mahomes, the year after, came to Kansas City, that those same people were loud and very boisterous at Arrow or GEHA Field, whatever you want to call it. It's Arrowhead. (laughs) I will die on that hill. (laughs) They would show up and cheer louder than anyone else. So if people are really not going to actually boycott over – uh, anthem protest, you're not going to change. Listen, a lot can happen in eight years, okay? But 
let's assume we still have Patrick Mahomes playing at a high level by the time the Chiefs move. If, big if, because it's not happening, but if they move to Kansas and they're still Super Bowl contenders, you can, I will put $100, the same people who say they're not going to cheer for the Chiefs, they still will. But you can't tell me oh, that yeah. if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs today, this season, move to Kansas and they go to the Super Bowl, every single goddamn Chiefs fan is cheering for them. Yeah, I don't care where you're from. exemption. Um, and what, I, I do think it's a little different here. The one caveat I would throw is that, you know, if the Chiefs were to leave the Kansas City area, that's different. That is, yeah, I agree with you. That's, that is 100% yeah, different. Like, yeah, but that's not happening. No. Yeah. If it's just sliding across state line, which again, any of the, you know, I would imagine most of the listeners around here are probably in the KC area. We all know that that's not that different. Most of the Chiefs players, surprise, surprise, live in Kansas. Um, you know, most of them South OP for the most part. <laughs> yes. You know, kind of done by you, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to just give away my street address at this point? I <laughs> just general areas is good enough for me. Um yeah, no, we're not going to pull a KCTV five and just broadcast your address the way that they oh, broadcasted yeah. Mahomes and made him fucking move. Uh, uh, oh, did they yeah, make the move again? Uh, no, this was this was a while ago. Oh, but that's okay, still okay. still a big enough miss on their part. I feel the need to rub their nose in it every now and again. I th- so listen, I don't like think a it's time. a secret. I think everyone knows where Mahomes lives. Well, right now, yeah, it's not, yeah. but it's also a giant compound where like you're not going to just drive by and say hello. Yeah, it's not yeah. how that works anymore. Um, listen, here's the thing. You're, you're absolutely right. Listen, I remember, uh, you know, going to school here and I'm sure you even had, uh, some of this. I mean, I would see classmates or my brother actually had a couple of classmates, um, who were, uh, whose parents were chiefs players. Um, I'll avoid the names cause I don't want to give away exact locations and all that stuff. And yeah. I'm sure they've all moved by now, but, um, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, listen, there are a lot of chiefs, uh, excuse me, chiefs players all over the Metro area. You mentioned, you know, Johnson County, like Overland Park, that area. Yeah, that's where you see a mm-hmm. lot of uh, Chiefs players. In fact, I think Eric Fisher still has his home in Overland Park. That's where he uh, moved to uh, when he I got the Schwartz is both of them do too. Yeah, yeah, they do. So listen, and by the way, that, that has absolutely no prevalence to this whole thing. My point is, it's like for people who make such a big deal out of this whole Kansas and Missouri. Actually, I have something funny to tell you. There was someone on my Facebook page years ago. I wish I took a screenshot of this. Um, listen, you know me, man. I have a lot of idiots who people are like, why do you block people so much? This is fucking why. Yeah, somebody dumb. Somebody years ago, and I don't even remember what the debate was about, but it, it was the stupid Kansas versus Missouri. Who do the Chiefs belong to debate? It was one of those, which comes up once in a while. Somebody told me. Uh, that the Chiefs uh, are absolutely Missouri's team. In fact, Clark Hunt lives in Missouri. How much do you want to bet Clark Hunt lives in Missouri? I go, bro. And I he doesn't. Like, he lives in Dallas. I I googled down the street from Jerry fucking Jones. I googled Clark Hunt's house and yeah. responded with the link. I'm like, dude, he lives in Texas. He doesn't even live here. So it's like, how big of a yeah. dumbass do you have to feel? He to- has an apartment in Arrowhead. That's not a joke either. That is where he and his family stay when they come into town. Oh, I didn't even know they stayed. I, I just assumed that he uh, showed up on oh, game no, days like and in left. behind like the uh, you know, press box and stuff. There's like a whole suite in there, like a three. Oh, or four oh that apartment. area. Yeah. Oh, you're referring to that. Yeah, I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. But yeah, man, I've listen, never seen it. I just have heard that it exists and I'm very intrigued by it. Look, I there's, would love to see it someday. 
I it, it's uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta probably be like. I think you have like to like Kate date Clark if you're listening. Hey, <laughs> you have to like date Gracie Hunt to ha- probably have that kind of access. So but, like Drew Locke, uh, perhaps. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that did happen, a, right? Like that wasn't a, just a rumor. No, 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 that did happen uh, okay. to my knowledge, at least. Um, but here's the thing: it's like, are we really like? Listen, I live in Kansas. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. When Tech Nine is singing um, that Casey anthem, Casey Mo, it's like, yeah, I live yep. on the Kansas side, but who gives a shit? Yeah, like, do really? I still sing along just as loudly? You bet your ass, I do. Like, I, I there are a lot of great places in Kansas. I go to eat and drink. There are a lot of great places in Missouri. I go to eat and drink. The last thing on my mind is, oh no, I'm a Jayhawk going into Missouri territory. Like, here's the thing, and I don't understand, like. Even people with St. Louis, and I don't know, maybe I'm maybe you're part of this crowd. I hope you're not, but people have like this whole like, oh, Kansas City versus St. Louis. Like, why? Like, why it's are a we fun joke? But am I ever as serious about it? God no. There are some people who like, are very we can Did joke you... about their silly concept of St. Louis style pizza. Like that amuses me. That's <laughs> actually what I was gonna get into. Minsky's pizza, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. They had they were promoting St. Louis style pizza, and my god, dude, people really? like you. Yeah, this is a long time ago. People like you would think that they just created like World War Three or something. Like people were like, pissed. It's not like they did a Memphis style barbecue pizza. That's serious business. That's an affront in this town. But like St. Louis style pizza, yeah, give me a saltine and some ketchup. It's fine. Listen, I know we're, we're cheese. We're, we're talking about stadiums, <laughs> and now we, we got the pizzas. Uh, look, what that's worth that's gonna you're gonna get comments on that last shit i just said and i'm sorry oh, for that if you have any st louis listeners that's gonna set them off that's okay i'm not I, sorry in the slightest i don't care uh <laughs> but listen they're not moving um no, the downtown thing chance. i know you and i disagree on that i i think there is zero chance never say never but i'm gonna say zero chance the chiefs and royals move and even if they did move just what 10 15 maybe 20 minutes at the absolute most you're still going to support the team the mm-hmm. only way you don't support them let's just say the chiefs and royals both absolutely suck in 2031 yeah sure maybe then people are going to say well I'm, I'm 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 jumping off the ship but guess what in five years when they both start doing better again everyone's going to jump be back right on back the on ship. yeah they're just I wish people would just people do it for like social media retweets and likes and whatever. It's like people say shit just to say shit sometimes too, which is always interesting. But that is the epitome of social media is people say shit just to say shit. Like, yeah, you you could put that on, you know, the proverbial tombstone of the internet. (laughs) Speaking of the internet, you see um, Will Smith, he got I, heard, I heard a rumor he uh, slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that maybe. Yeah, I heard that rumor from Chris Rock immediately after it happened. I'll but, ask yeah. Twitter to, to we'll verify smack, that we'll rumor. Smack the shit out of him. <laughs> well, see, there, there, there was a video. I, listen, I get this a long time ago, but still, it's a really bad look. He made a very, very, very similar joke years ago. Yeah. And his wife, there's a new camera angle that came out. Someone immediately pulled out their phone mm-hmm right after he slapped Chris Rock and his wife is laughing. It's like, okay, uh, what are we doing here? I mean, making the Oscars relevant again. 
Yeah, I suppose. I was actually getting ready to record the podcast on Sunday night and Twitter blew up. I'm like, what happened? Because I, I was watching for a bit, but then I turned it off. Yeah, I, I didn't see it you know, the night of or anything. Like, I, I honestly, if you had asked me, hey, when are the Oscars? I would have had to Google and find out, even if they were actively going on. Like, it's irrelevant to me. You know, people are talking about this whole like standing up for your wife thing. It's like she was laughing. Um, it, it was, it's like, she didn't laugh did at the joke. That seems abundantly clear. Like he was laughing his ass off from the tape that I saw. You know, he, he was laughing at first and then he got that look where, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody happy sort of look. And then yeah. he smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. And then that was that. Well, listen, um, I just appreciate this all for the memes that it has generated. Oh, that gold. Th- okay. That is like on pace to surpass Jordan crime meme for like the most overused meme ever, which I'm, I'm here for. I, yeah. I'm all for it. Let me just say, now, here's the question. What's more overused those memes or the jokes about, you know, oh, he got in one little fight and now he's going to go live with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. <laughs> Cause I've seen about as many of those jokes as I have the stupid meme. Uh, listen, here's the thing. Uh, people are talking about like the, I, I guess there was a rumor and it has not been verified. I guess he was asked to leave by the Academy and he refused that apparently. I mean, there are, there are a lot of people confirming and also denying he went and won the damn Oscar. So I wouldn't have left either, I guess. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, But there was, there's all this talk about like the FBI and the police investigating him. Look at what assault. What's to investigate? He slapped the shit out the guy who didn't press charges. It's over. Listen, I, I don't disagree there. Like you don't you don't press charges. I I, I think that's the end of it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But listen, let me just say this because people are saying, oh, if a normal person did that, listen, uh, you're familiar with Conor McGregor's antics, right? Like the guy's been arrested more yep. times than he has won a UFC title at this point. Yeah. Um, that guy will always get off. Uh, if you and I did anything that he did, we, I mean, we would face a much bigger punishment. Did you hear about George Masvidal and Colby Covington? I uh, heard they had a little scuffle. Not sure exactly what went on. Okay. So but... they had a fight where Covington just completely kicked his ass like three or four weeks ago. And Covington keeps bringing up Masvidal's kids, which is not cool at all. Uh, yeah, so Masvidal found out where he was. He was at a steak restaurant. So he went with like a hoodie and a mask. And just completely sucker punched him and damaged like his tooth, his Rolex, rich people stuff, all that great yeah, stuff. Um, listen, sure. Masvidal is a celebrity. He's not going to get the book thrown at him. Will yeah, Smith. That's not how they work. Will Smith is not going to suffer any punishment. Like he might get a slap on the wrist from certain certain celebrity bosses, if you will, like directors, the Academy, those kinds of people get nothing's going to happen to him. You and I, or, or I do that kind of thing, man, we're, we're going to jail for a long time. Okay. Sure. Just everyone calm down. I'm just sitting there watching everybody, you know, freak out and saying like, he should give back the Oscar. Robert. It's like Woody Allen still has his Oscar. Oh, good. Look Lord. into that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the part where it's like okay yeah okay he slapped someone publicly on live tv but you look at the guys who have oscars and the shit some of these dudes have done yeah like the academy could pretend that they're you know this you know unblemished you know prestigious organization it's like no no you're a bunch of scumbags too just get off your horse 
Yeah. You know, it, I, I would liken the academy the way I would describe Coach K when it comes to recruiting violations. It's like, yeah, all right, just sanctimonious prick. Get off your high horse. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, like, man. We know you do this shit, too. I, I feel like the only thing that is on the news in the last five days, Ukraine and Russia and Will Smith and Chris Rock. That's it. Those are the only two things going on in the world this week. That's it. Have you heard have you heard anything on the news this week other than KU going to the final four? And even that, that's you know, sports news. That doesn't totally count. Like it counts, but like, you know, I don't you know, I, I go elsewhere for my sportsy news is I guess a better way to put that. You know, I don't pay attention to the mainstream news too too much anymore because well, I don't either. I, I you know, like I'll still read like the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal every now and again. People aren't even talking but, about COVID, Zach. People yeah. are talking about Will Smith. Well, more it's than over. What are you talking about, about Forrest? You know, it's over. It's until over. the next one comes, and then it wasn't over anymore, and we were all idiots for thinking it was over. <laughs> and then they'll run back to this little piece and say, "Hey, Zach, you're an idiot." I'll be like, "You're correct." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, what do you think of free agency so far this year? Uh, it that has been wild. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, straight up, I remember like you know last week or yeah i guess it was just last week uh feels like it's been a little longer but no it was just last week when the tyreek news broke i'm sitting here working at my desk um, oh you know, same god place you see me sitting right now yeah. and i got a text from a buddy of mine the guy actually whose bachelor party we were just at out in vegas uh and he's like bro are the chiefs trading tyreek hill i'm like what are you talking about no zero chance and then i look into it and like i want to say maybe 20 20- Minutes later, it's like, oh, yep, Tyreek's traded to the Dolphins. It's like, Jesus. Well, you know. what was so weird about that, it started off with um, right before free agency, right before the new league year, word got out that they were in talks about negotiating a, an extension. And Charles Goldman, um, good friend of the podcast, uh, really nice guy. Um, oh, absolutely. He wrote a great One of the tweet. most reliable Yes. sources that you'll find out there yeah like from for the, all of you chiefs listeners here if you follow charles on twitter you're gonna get bona fide information he might not scoop everybody but you can bet when he tweets it out it's freaking right no he knows what the hell he's talking about uh but on the chiefs wire he um he put out a tweet saying drew rosenhouse who's tyreek hill's agent a super agent mm-hmm. he's no dummy he's not gonna agree to anything oh, maybe verbally they'll agree to something but he absolutely was going to wait for somebody to sign. And when Devontae Adams, unfortunately, went to an AFC West rival, when he signed, that's when Rue said, hey, we can start going back to the uh, contract negotiations. We want more than Devontae Adams. And unfortunately, <laughs> the Chiefs could not meet that need. So listen, would look, not meet that need. What's that? Could have meet, could have met the need. Chose not to. And I'm not saying that's the wrong choice. I just want to be very clear there. They had the option. They chose not to. Okay, listen. And I support that. Here's a here's a problem. Because a lot of people ask me, like, why did the Chiefs do this? And I went over this last podcast. Um, I'll, I'll just give, like, the key information from that. It's not like Brett Veach just woke up that Wednesday morning and was like, huh, yeah, let's just trade the most dynamic receiver ever to ever play this game. No, here's the thing. Tyreek Hill is amazing. That's not up for debate. We, we, we agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to think down the road too, man. Like the Chiefs just had a great draft last year. And in three or four years, you got to start thinking about Nick Bolton and Trey Smith. And you mentioned Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey earlier in the podcast. Right now, and I know there's a possibility of a trade. And there's this rumor that the Chiefs are still seeking a number one receiver and they could trade 
make a trade. I mean, they have a lot of draft picks, so they could make that move. But let's just say the Chiefs don't trade any of their draft picks, hypothetically speaking. Let's say they keep the however many they have. They have two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds. You have a great opportunity seeing what we saw last year. 20, what was it? 2021 and 2016, the Chiefs did not have a first-round draft pick, and they found high-caliber players outside of the first round, multiple high-caliber mm-hmm. players outside of the first round. 2016, you had Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones. Last year, you, you had three guys. Those two came mentioned. in the same draft? Damn. Oh, yeah, same draft. Um, here's the thing. You have to let, – let's just say the Chiefs get three great players with their first six picks in the first three rounds. You got to start thinking about these players down the road too. The Chiefs, unfortunately, could not keep Rodney Hudson. And then they draft Mitch Morse, fantastic center, could not keep him. Mm-hmm. They've got Creed Humphrey right now, another fantastic center. I mean, is that trend going to continue? Because at some point, you're going to run out of. Uh, listen, listen, there's a little bit of luck involved where these great players fall into your laps because mm-hmm. you did your due diligence and research when some teams maybe did it. So you're not going to be able to get a home run at that position every single time. So hopefully the Chiefs can keep Creed here for a long time. Hopefully they can keep Trey Smith for a long time, Nick Bolton. But the reality is it's not that easy to keep everyone forever. That's just, listen, I'm sure Belichick would have loved to keep everybody for life in New England. But we know that's not a reality. That's the whole thing here in Kansas City. Just keep drafting well. As long as you have a stout offensive line to protect your franchise QB, you just got to draft well at the other positions and you'll be fine. That's what Belichick did in New England for a long time. Obviously, you get some key free agents here and there, but for the most part, it's just building well through the draft. That's what Belichick's done. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. I mean, frankly, like the so don't get me wrong, Tyreek being a bit of a yeah, a bit of an exception to this rule in that you know he is genuinely a unicorn and that there ain't but one of him. Uh yeah. you know, there's plenty of yeah, and that's not to say that there's you know multiple Devontae Adamses or any of those types of like there are a couple guys who are genuinely elite, but when you have a genuinely elite quarterback, which I will go to the mat saying that we absolutely do. Oh yeah, everyone. Does. He can elevate a pretty good receiver to an elite receiver. Yeah. So if we catch one of these first round wide receiver types, and again, this being a pretty darn deep wide receiver draft, and I'd actually venture a guess saying that you know you look out towards the end of Mahomes' contract, uh, I think that the wide receiver market cools down a little bit. Believe it or not. Uh, and the reason I say that is because most of the really stud athletes that go in, you know, at the younger levels now, they're playing receiver, where in years past they were playing other positions, like maybe running back, for example. And then they realize, hey, that sucks. I'm just going to get my head bashed in. Maybe I should go play receiver instead. Uh, and, you know, I think that if you look at the draft classes, right, that have come out in recent years, compare those to draft classes from, say, 10, 15 years ago at the receiver position. I would say that on aggregate, for sure, they have gotten deeper and better. And I think that the Chiefs are right to go nab someone in the draft that's cost-controlled and have that turn into another solid trade ship. Because guess what? Mahomes is going to turn most of these receivers into absolute studs because he's Mahomes. I don't, I don't disagree with that last part you just said. I think the whole thing with Andy Reid, it's like, like look at Jarek McKinnon. 
Um, That guy was never viewed as a starting running back in the NFL, but because of his speed, that fits the style of offense that the Chiefs run. And especially Mm -hmm. with with Mahomes, like, look, how would McCole Hardman do in, um, let's just say Indianapolis with Matt Ryan? I'm sure he could have a big game here and there, but I don't think he'd do well consistently. The thing is, listen, there are a lot of... Yeah, go ahead. How does he do in New England with Mac Jones? He doesn't. Yeah, I don't is think the he answer does to that question. Well. Yeah, because you got to have the right QB, and you got to have you got to be part of the right offense. Listen, mm-hmm. do you remember when the Chiefs drafted Tank Tyler and Turk McBride? Yep, I, I was only really, really remember that because of the names. To be totally fair, you did. Yeah, exactly. I really like those two guys coming out of college, but the problem is the Chiefs did not have a great coaching staff at the time, and it's like. Listen, you could be the greatest player in college football, but when you come to the NFL, if you get drafted by a team that doesn't have a good system and not a good coaching staff in place, man, that is just a career killer from the get-go, um, which is unfortunate. It's not their, the player's fault because um, you do need good coaching to, mm-hmm. to excel. I mean, look at, look at 2012 and 2013. The Chiefs went from being the worst team in the NFL to a 9-0 and start, and I know they had an easy schedule. I know that. But still, nobody expected the, – the teams the Chiefs beat during that 9-0 start, they got their ass kicked by some of those teams the year before. So it's mm-hmm. like that tells you coaching really does matter in these situations. So oh, to me, the, the whole point I'm trying to get at, like with uh, MVS, who the Chiefs brought in, he's got, mm-hmm. he's got great speed. I think he absolutely fits this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is uh, how many of those do you need? Um, cause you got to think about the defense, obviously, but offensively speaking, I think as long as a receiver or a running back has speed, Andy Reid can find a way to utilize them in this offense. 99% of the time, because listen, we've had D'Anthony Thomas didn't work mm-hmm. out. Dexter McCluster. I mean, He's look at him planning a comeback. Fun fact. Oh, Dexter McCluster. D'Anthony Thomas. Oh, D'Anthony Thomas. I did not know that. Well, Dexter McCluster, look at him. He'll be running at Oregon's Pro Day whenever that happens. He, Dexter McCluster, I think it was, what, three, four years before Andy Reid got to Kansas City? Mm -hmm. He he wasn't like the greatest receiver, but when Andy Reid got to Kansas City, Dexter McCluster was actually a better pass catcher with Alex Smith as his quarterback. So it's all about the system and your coach and who you have in place. People, people don't realize that sometimes that's a really important factor in, in this game. Well, and that's one of the reasons that like, you know, as I've seen people reacting to the Tyree trade, which don't get me wrong, I understand, you know, being disappointed yeah. that, you know, we're losing a player that we've come to very much enjoy. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely yeah, empathize with that, but once you get over the grieving process, so to speak, um, you know, not to trivialize grief, but yeah, once you get past that piece of it all, uh, you, know, you, you zoom out and you realize, guys, we still have Andy Reid. We still have Patrick Mahomes. The sky is not falling, Chicken Little. We're fine. Like, yeah, Andy Reid. And I mean, you look at some of the people that Andy Reid has gotten absolute stud numbers out of. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's leading receivers when he was in Philadelphia. Give me one second. But I know Todd Pinkston was one of them. That's not a name you remember as, oh, my God, that's an all-time great. That's a Hall of Famer. Well, no, let me. That's a, let, that's a guy who Andy got the best of. Let me back up your point because Alex Smith, even though he was starting to build himself up in San Francisco, his best numbers were under Andy Reid. Jamal Charles, he was already great before Andy Reid got here. He was even better with Andy Reid. So 
and listen, I have my criticism of Andy Reid, especially in the postseason and playing with big leads. But the one thing that Andy Reid is the best at, this guy finds a way to get players not only to play to their potential, but even even above that sometimes. I mean, let's be honest. I, I would liken this to, you know, if you look at Andy Reid's record in Philadelphia, right, specifically when it comes to the offensive side of things, uh, you know, he had Terrell Owens at one point. Yeah, and that's definitely all well and good. But let me see exactly when he left. I want to make sure I have the years right. But I want to say it was 06 at, he left. That sounds right. And if that's the case, yeah, it, they didn't drop too much as far as the uh, you know, overall offensive efficiency. They stayed pretty much the same. And then in 08. Um, and, they, and we're talking Terrell Owens there. Like, yeah. like, keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, who is an absolute, you know, bona fide, you know, Hall of Famer, if a bit of a head case. Um, or, well, diva is perhaps the right word. Not necessarily head case. Uh, but, you know, a few years later, you know, you have Andy Reid and the Eagles as the most efficient offense in the league, at this being 2008. So, like, all of this is to say, guys, we're fine. Promise. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, like, like, really, we're going to be okay. Sky even if you... If you look at all these betting lines for like Super Bowl odds and all, um, for whatever that may be worth to you, to some people that's a lot. Some people don't care about that stuff. The Chiefs are still pretty high on that. So, um, and, and listen, I will say this right now. Last year was compared to other years, it was a it was a bad year for Mahomes uh, statistically. I mean, at one point he led the NFL in interceptions. It, 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 some of it was his fault. Some of it was not the drop passes, the tip passes. I mean, that was a, a big issue. Like everybody. I mean, here's the other piece. Yeah. We're all so sad that Tyreek's gone. And I, I concur. Like it, I am not happy that Tyreek is gone. Let me be very clear there. But, but how many of those interceptions didn't come off his hands? Well, see, that's see, I don't disagree with you, but I also think that's unfair because what I was just trying to say, he wasn't Tyreek wasn't the only one. Ty, Travis Kelsey oh, God, no. and Tyreek Hill going into the month of December, and they don't update these constantly. I mean, they these are stats that come up once in a while. They mm-hmm. were numbers one and two in the NFL and drop passes. Yep. So it, it's like, look, it, it, and even when there were not drops, Mahomes would overthrow, underthrow so many. We even talked about the AFC champion. He allegedly threw the game when he missed all these open receivers, but that was something he was doing all year last year. So mm-hmm. there is this need for Mahomes to really rebound um, this entire offense. I should, I should say not just, but it starts with him. I mean, let's be honest. So um, there's a lot this team needs to do. And, and by the way, there's something I really want to talk to you about. I, I hate this whole notion that Patrick Mahomes chokes in big games. Okay. He's, he started, this is a this is a narrative outside of Kansas City and maybe by some people in KC. Okay, how many years has he been starting in the NFL, Zach? Four? Four years. Okay. He's been in the NFL five years, but he started four of them. Yeah. Obviously, we're not gonna talk about the rookie year. Um, he has gone to the AFC championship four times every single year. So that good. If you if you wanna if you wanna view that. Going two and two in AFC title games and one and one in the Super Bowl is choking. And I get it. He he's never had a good Super Bowl. He's had two bad performances. Even though he won MVP, quarterbacks always get credit for that stuff ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, I, I absolutely hear where you're coming from on the uh, you know, 
two not great Super Bowls. But let's be honest, when it came to clutch time in that first Super Bowl, he did his part. In the final eight and minutes, frankly, yes. I'd also say that in the shitty Super Bowl against Tampa, you know, that I don't put that as a Patrick Mahomes failure at all. I do agree. Yeah, you know, yes. he made some yes. of the most exceptional throws we've ever seen while covering the most yardage we've ever seen from a we, quarterback in NFL fucking history. We talked Super about history, this anyway, to be clear. We talked about this, yep. that uh, pass where he's like vertical or uh, I'm sorry, horizontal, horizontal yeah. with his body. Yeah. That hits the ball. Darrell Williams in the freaking face. That, that was the NFL did their top 100 plays. Mm-hmm. That was number 100. If that ball is caught, it's probably number one or two. It, it's probably number or two behind uh, DeAndre Hopkins's uh, Hail Mary catch. Um, but here's the thing, like the, the notion that all three fingers one the the notion by the way you know what was number two that year i don't know if you remember this when the chiefs and chargers that was justin herbert's debut um mahomes found tyree kill wide open for a pass to tie the game Mm -hmm. that was the uh number two play that year which is interesting but oh it was for that year sorry yeah for that whole year that makes like sorry i was thinking like on an all-timer sort of thing. oh no no, man like that's you know pretty rich i mean again if he had you know made that throw and completely did that for a touchdown in the Super Bowl like yeah, that. that could be I'm telling one. you, you you're still know. talking like top 10, you know, oh, I mean, I don't know. That's a long time the NFL's existed, but yeah, yeah it belongs on that list. Is it for sure. Say. But um, here's the thing um, to say he chokes in big games. It's like, look, his worst Zach can see me right now. I'm you, I'm, I'm putting quotes. His worst season mm-hmm. is making it to the AFC championship game. And by the way, the two times they could not win the AFC championship game, both of them went to overtime. So it's like he's gone to the Super Bowl twice. And, the- and only one of those times did he touch the ball. But did anyone care about those rules? Yeah, then? that no, oh, that's a that's another thing. We'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But the um, the two times he lost, they were in overtime. So it's like, and by the way, the first one where he didn't touch the ball, as you referenced, they almost went to a Super Bowl with a 31st ranked Bob Sutton coach defense. So it's like the, the kinds of things he's doing. I think it's Peyton Manning. Like that guy had a lot of early exits. That is to me, mm-hmm. uh, listen, Manning had a great career. Don't get me wrong. But to me, if I you're going to say someone. Hall of Famer. Yeah, he is still, but. That he he's he choked a lot in big games, didn't he? Wouldn't you agree? Like he's had a lot of early exits in the playoffs. Yeah, he definitely had his share. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, he also that, had some you know luminaries such as the no punt game. But yeah, yeah, no, for the most part, pretty darn successful. My whole point: I'm just trying to refute the notion that he chokes in big games because he's only started four Doesn't. years and he's been to the final four all four times. Like mm-hmm. the guys, if you call that choking. What do you call Kirk Cousins? What do you call um, what, the quarterback from New York who replaced Eli Manning? Uh, Daniel Jones. Is Daniel name Jones. Is. Like, what, what, what do you call him? I mean, I don't know. Well, so I guess to be fair, in that case, yeah, the I, I do understand like the the delineation I'll make between the ones you just mentioned in Mahomes is the fact that you know if if I'm a fan of a team and my quarterback is a Daniel Jones or a Kirk Cousins. And, you know, I have to go down and drive the length of the field to win him. I'm like, fuck, we lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't you know, disagree. That's, that's the reality. Like, you know, and I don't expect anything less or anything more, I guess. Sorry. With Mahomes, you've seen enough heroism out of him that you've kind of come to expect the notion of like, hey, so 
you know, we, we've, we've got this, you know, we've got the guy now, you know, we, if the way I was described it is like, you know, how many years didn't the chiefs, you know, make the playoffs when we were you know, in the prima homes era, right. You know, we'd always have, I'd argue some of the most creative exits in the NFL playoff history, whether they be the no punt game, the absurd Indianapolis comeback, uh, you know, with Andrew Luck, the game where Mariota throws a touchdown to himself. I need not go on. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that just brings up more bad memories. But we would routinely in those sorts of cases lose to someone like a Peyton Manning, for example, who's the guy. <laughs> you know, one of the two who is, you know, you know is going to be standing there at the end of it all. Uh, and we have that guy now. So we expect it of him. You know, and I think the hard thing is, is that, you know, if you look at, yeah, you know, it's it's the equivalent of, you know, are people going to be disappointed that LeBron doesn't single-handedly carry this flawed Lakers roster to the playoffs, right? It's because of that individual greatness that we can see out of Mahomes. That's why people are harder on him. You know, there's a reason he's compared to Tom Brady and not, you know, I'm trying to think of a decent example here. Uh, Philip Rivers, maybe? That seems like no, a decent fit. I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. It's it, it just to me, like, I, I think we have to define choking. Like to me, choking is someone who, because listen, every playoff game is considered a big game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get they get bigger and bigger down the road, but to me, it's someone who has an early exit. They're one and done essentially. Mahomes has yet to even have a one and done postseason in four seasons. Um, so I, that's that's just me trying to shut mm-hmm. that narrative down because. Too many people. Well, like, let's be real. Artist. You can't call Mahomes a choke artist and watch the Bills game. Well, that is very true. Like, yes. you can't look at that and, like, yes, I know it didn't turn out quite as well. And we still, I will, you know, go to the mat saying that we should have beaten the freaking Bengals. It's stupid that we lost that game. And did Mahomes play actually all that well in overtime? Nope. Nope, sure didn't. No. Um, you know, and so. I do understand the frustration there, but let's not pretend he's some choke artist. You know, the year that he, you know, you look at his losses in the playoffs, right? You know, you have the AFC title game to Brady and the Patriots where, you know, one could say that he didn't perform particularly well at the outset, given that we were held scoreless through the entire first half of that game, but he rallied hard in the second half and got the game to overtime where he then of course didn't get to touch the ball because rules uh, you know, you look at 2019, how many playoff, you know, comebacks didn't he lead there? Distinctly non-chokey in nature. Uh, 2020, okay, yeah, not the greatest Super Bowl we've ever seen, but also there was a myriad of flaws that, uh, you know, not, not even counting the fact that the dude was hurt uh, and had surgery immediately following in the offseason after he, surgery on his foot, mind you, after running 400 some odd goddamn yards to try to stay on his feet and make plays, you know, that's an absurd narrative is I guess all I'm trying to say. And I need to end the rant on that because otherwise I'm just going to keep rolling. No, that's okay. No, I I mean, I I like the point, by the way, the overtime rule, let me just say something. Cause I said this on social media. First it was sudden death, right. Which I had no issues with the whole narrative of, Oh, both teams need to touch the ball. You had 60 minutes to touch the ball. Like I, I hate the notion that the other team did not get the ball. Yeah. Um, then listen, well, it's I, one of those things like, you know, is it an issue because Josh Allen didn't get the ball? I mean, I wanted to see him get the ball there, uh, versus Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball, yes. Brady got the ball, and, and, and no one Chiefs, gave a shit. The Chiefs proposed that rule afterwards, and nobody cared. And by and the way, you know who just, else didn't vote for it? 
the fucking Bills. Uh, let me just say one thing. Like, I was one of those people kind of laughing at the Chiefs. Like, let's be honest. The Chiefs did not propose that rule coincidentally no, that year. Not. They're like, yeah, we. they felt like they lost because they did not get the ball in the second half, even though there were mm-hmm. so many different facts, like the D Ford offsides being shut out in the first half. You get the mm-hmm. idea. Um, but uh, 13 of 19 third down allowed. You, you can't ever win like that. But mm-hmm. um, first it was, uh, well, well, the whole sudden death thing, people hated that. 99% of the time, teams went to field goals. Yeah, that That's, was dumb. I agreed. See, I'd never cared for that. People are like, oh, well, we need to see touchdowns. Okay, well, they tried that rule for the postseason where a touchdown has to end the game. Do you mm-hmm. remember Tim Tebow, the first pass of overtime, threw it right to Demarius Thomas, and he ran all the way. Yeah, an absolutely disgusting duck of a throw that managed to somehow still be a touchdown. That one? Yeah, yeah that one. Um, it's like, okay, well, we never really got like, to see that. I throw rule. a tighter spiral than that. We never got to see that rule really come into effect so much. We never got to see the Steelers force the Broncos to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the NFL said, screw it. We're going to make that a regular season rule. Mm-hmm. You got to score a touchdown to win. So they did exactly what fans wanted. But now the rule or now the complaint was, well, my team did not get the ball. It's like, okay, now they gave that rule i know it's only for the playoffs but they'll make it permanent for the regular season two listen i'm telling you right now zach okay and i i said this on social media the new complaint will absolutely be my team got the ball once and the winning team got the ball twice in overtime Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna happen and by the way let me say this let's say team a has the ball and they score a touchdown seven point touchdown Mm -hmm. no don't go for two the second team can score a touchdown and go for two and end the thing right there. Cause listen, defenses are absolutely tired mm. in overtime. Cause it, 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 listen, in a long game like that, everyone's tired, but offenses benefit from that far more than a defense. So oh, without a doubt, I can strategically speaking, I would definitely want the ball second. So that way the other team can score first. If they do score a touchdown first, mm-hmm. that way you can say, look, Let's wear this defense out in this long 15 play drive. And we go out there and we go for two at the end of it when they're already gassed out. Yeah. Um, and people will complain. They'll say, well, if we knew they were going to score, go for two, we would have gone for two. Listen, I, I, I love the sudden death rule. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was perfectly fine. I just hate that they are there. They keep changing this rule. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I just think that it's silly the way that we've gone about it. Like the fact that, yeah, the thing that amazes me is that the the main momentum that got this rule. I mean, we all know that this rule was proposed basically in response to the Chiefs Bills AFC. Yeah, I mean, not even AFC title game. It was you know a game the divisional round. Yeah, divisional round. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name, <laughs> but you know it's in response to that game. Never mind the fact that the following week the same team, the Chiefs, went into overtime, won the coin toss. And guess what the Bengals did? Play defense. They won the game with defense. Well, you by the way, me that shit. You know what was so funny? When the Chiefs won the coin toss right there, even though the offense was slipping already, I was mm-hmm. like, well, we're going to have another week about talk, talking about overtime rules with mm-hmm. the Chiefs winning a coin toss, but no. Yeah, and then the Bengals' defense stepped up, which uh, none of us thought was going to happen. To be fair, I thought we were doing the same shit two weeks in a row. Listen, we did not. Chief- 
Chiefs fans complained about not getting the ball in that AFC championship loss to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. But when they beat the Chargers on Thursday night football and when they beat the Bills in overtime, nobody was talking about, at least Chiefs fans, were not talking about that rule. And listen, I get it. Fans only care about a rule if it does not benefit them. Um, All 32 fan bases are guilty of that. Of course. Um, It's just just, the, the thing that has me a little chapped in this case is that like, okay, wait a minute. So this is okay now, but when we thought it was a good idea, you told us to kick rocks. What's so special about the Buffalo freaking Bills? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. A lot of people are, are talking about that. Um, a lot of Chiefs fans, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs that's even, the only part that has me annoyed. The Chiefs even voted in favor of, of changing the rule. Here's my thing. Well, it'd be I inconsistent just, if they didn't. I just hate, yeah, for sure. I just hate, I, I'm, I'm going to always call it out. You wanted it, you did not want it to end in a field goal because you did not pay to watch soccer oh and then you want both teams to get the ball it's like okay we keep changing this over and over again like what is the next complaint i've already given my predictions i'm certain it's going to happen um and it will okay yes or no in the next 15 to 20 years are we going to see another change in overtime rules i think we will you know yeah realistically like i think that yeah where this is going to end up heading is just like, all right, you get one more quarter. That's that. You know, uh, this is not an original idea. Uh, Some people have said this, like to prevent ties, Mm -hmm. they need to um, do like a field goal shootout where like, and by the way, no defense, everyone sits on the bench. You get your Mm -hmm. long snapper, you get your holder and your kicker. You start from what? Let's just say the 30 yard line, both. And let's say start wherever the extra point does. You move back five yards at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go in the same direction. That way they're both facing whatever wind, whatever weather pattern yeah, is going We'll on. even yeah. have them both get the wind. That sounds fair. Yeah. Do that. I think that would make, first of all, that, that trio of the long snapper holder and, and kicker, they would become more valuable, mm-hmm. I think, because we never talk about those guys. And I think it'd be pretty exciting, I think. It would be kind of fun, you know, kind of penalty shootout style. I'd be here for that. I don't even you know, know how, like, how does the NFL you know. not have that by now. I mean, because they don't care. They don't think. They don't think like we do, Zach. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, we should be in charge of things, but we're not. We're not. No, uh, we, we. I think the NFL would be in big trouble if we were in charge of things. If we're being honest, um, I mean, I don't know. I think there's some. Like, you're right on some things. You're absolutely correct on other things. Like you know, I, I'm still blown away at the whole you know, Calvin Ridley thing. Yeah. Got oh, a God. whole season for gambling. And, you know, again, of course, this is a little bit of what about is, I mean, I get that, but you know, there was the prevailing sentiment on social media that was like, man, you know, if he wanted to only miss a couple of games, he should have just punched his girlfriend. Cause you know, those guys got six games instead of a full goddamn season. No, I and I'm just sitting there like, you know, the penalty and the crimes don't seem to always align. That's the real Not point I'm trying bit. to make here. No, and that's the part where I'm like, I mean, I, I get that Goodell doesn't have the easiest job, but at the same time, it's yeah, like, come it, on, man. It's Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking. It's in this case, I'm Monday morning commissioning or Thursday evening commissioning, whatever. Um, you know, I think I could do that job. All right, real quickly, because I want to get out of here. We're going almost an hour and a half. Um, Final Four is this weekend. Let me just say this. I don't follow college sports so closely. Mm-hmm. I've got such a busy life. Like, I, I have to pick and choose yeah. what I watch closely and whatnot. No I will say this, and I think you know this about me, Zach. I've been very critical of Bill Self because yep. he's had – listen, we talked about early exits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Actually, not a lot of first round ones. He's yeah, more Bill of a Self, Sweet 16 Elite Eight exit kind of guy. Yeah, Bill Self has a lot of early exits. Um, but he there are also times where he finds ways to overcome that. And this year is one of them. And I gotta give credit to Bill Self for that. I think mm-hmm. a national championship win could really erase those losses to Bucknell and Bradley, Bradley. and uh, Northern Iowa in the second round. Um, Ali, Ali Farouk Manish, that guy. I um, know that name, and it's been 12 <laughs> years. Um, what do you think? What do you make of Bill Self uh, taking the Jayhawks to another Final Four, despite some of the struggles he's had in the past? What I'll say is that if you look at the Final Four teams, right, one of the Final Four teams has substantially less, you know, stars talent as far as like when I say stars, I mean like you know the twenty four seven or rivals, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's the three, four, five star players, right? Kansas is the one of these things that's not like the others. Um, now, don't get me wrong, this is rare for Kansas. So I, I openly admit this, uh, but if you look at just like the sheer, you know, five star star power type talent, um, Kansas is the one of these things that's not like the others. They're the veteran team. That has you know really you know gelled and built above where you know, built above to where they could be more than the sum of their parts. Um, Villanova is that way as well, so it'll be kind of fascinating to see the uh, you know how it expands into the title game on Monday night, irrespective of who wins on Saturday. Though obviously, you know I think that Kansas. I mean, I obviously I'm rooting for Kansas, so yeah. I'm going to sound biased because of course I'm biased. Like I'm not going to yeah. pretend otherwise. I'm not going to be like many of those talking heads that went to Duke who and not to root for Duke, but totally root for Duke. Here's looking at you, Seth Davis. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll openly bias here. I think Kansas can get past Villanova because Villanova has five guys to play. They had six and one of them blew his Achilles. One of them, yeah, got injured. Very sad. Like yeah. I'm not trying to make light of that. But you look at the impact that that has on the rotation. Um, I think that it's still going to be a hell of a game. I don't think it's going to be you know one of those – I don't think it's going to be like Kansas, North Carolina back in 08 when we just absolutely boat raced them. Uh, I don't see that coming anytime soon. I think this is going to be a tough game. Um, And then I think winner gets Duke personally, just because again, it's seems written in the freaking stars at this point that Coach K K. gets to go out and, you know, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, the loss that he had his final game in Cameron isn't going to matter because he beats North Carolina in the final four then instead. And, yeah, we get to deal with that sanctimonious prick one last time, and yeah. I'd love to see us win. Yeah, uh, I, I certainly would too. My brother actually bet a hundred on KU uh, right before New Year's, and at the time they were a plus. Oh, that's got to be good odds. Yeah, yeah. they were plus nine hundred back then. If we would have been there like three weeks after, their yep. odds did, did drop, so it would have been a little bit more. But I mean, you know, can't can't do anything about it. I think it's going to be like, you know, it is amazing to me the fact that this final four is pretty blue bloody. You know, you've got three bona fide blue bloods yeah. plus Villanova. Mm-hmm. And yes, I say this as a fan of one of the blue blood schools. Villanova doesn't count yet. They're getting real freaking close, but they don't count yet. Uh, yeah, Jay, Jay Wright's had uh, Bill Self's number in the last oh, couple totally. of postseason meetings. So I, well, I'd she, love to see Bill the Self. Last try time to I write saw that. Jay Wright in the final four. Yeah, I don't want to think too much about that. I forget how many threes they hit in those first 10 minutes, but it was a fucking lot. I was I was picking up Joe's KC because, I mean, it's the final mm-hmm. four. You got to go all out, yeah. right? Why not? So I'm driving, listening to the game, and I'm just like, and I can't remember who I was listening to. It was either Bob Davis or maybe he retired. I don't know who it was. Could have been Brian I Haney. I remember when Bob retired, but see, the Bob or Brian Haney, you got two choices. Um, 
I'm just listening and I'm like listening to the score. I'm like, this, this has to be I, like, this has to be the wrong station. Like mm-hmm. something is not right about this. So hopefully I just uh, remember watching that game and like, yeah, don't get me wrong. If you're going to get your ass kicked that way because you're playing bad defense or something, that's one thing, yeah. but it's not like we were defending them bad. They were just hitting shots that like, they were just chucking it up there and it kept going in. And I'm like, Who- well, if they're hitting this way, there's not a damn thing we can do. Well, that reminds me of last year who they lose to USC. In the tournament uh, last year, yeah, yeah, dude, USC was not missing anything. Yeah, and the, they couldn't uh, miss, and also they had the best player on the floor, and it wasn't close. Yeah, that, the kid who's probably going to be the rookie of the year in the NBA. Yeah, all or right, well, one of the contenders. I'm so. excited for this weekend. I think uh, you know it'll be nice to get away from all this craziness in the news, which it seems like there are only two things that exist in the news right now. So, yep, uh. It'd yeah, be nice I'm to add a third thing in there, even if it is Coach K's farewell fucking tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I really want him to lose that last game. I would love nothing more than to see them beat North Carolina in the Final Four and Kansas come in there and oh, just yeah, be Kansas like, hey, Coach team. K, see ya. Yeah. I'd love to be that guy. That That'd would be cool make to see. me so happy. We'll it's see what probably happens, not going to happen, but boy, it would make me happy. All right, well. I'll let you go. It's been a long podcast. It's always fun doing these with you. Uh, we'll keep in touch as always. I'm sure you'll be back in the next few weeks. Uh, yeah, you doing drafts any- coming up. <laughs> yeah, the draft is coming up. You doing anything fun with your life in the in the near future that you want to share with the whole world? Nothing too wild to talk about. Nope. A lot of you know, just kind of same old, same old worky stuff. Same um, old. And you know, hoping my Jayhawks can pull something off this weekend. That'll be a lot of fun. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate all of you guys for downloading and listening to this episode of Farscast. You know the Facebook page. You know the Twitter machine. Uh, it's in the description. Go follow me on there. Give Zach a follow. Zach, what's your Twitter handle? At Zstegenga. So S-T-E-G-E-N-G-A with a Z in front of it. All right. Go follow him on the Tweet Machine. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Share the links with your friends. Spread the word about this podcast. And other than that, I am out of here. Have a great weekend. Talk to you guys later. Peace out. Peace out.